Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey. We're coming your way with the 53rd edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Before we get into the NFL, uh, we're about to start the show off with some NBA. Uh, since we're from the uh, Michigan area, um, it's only right that we start off with the Pistons, guys. Um, a lot of people had high expectations for this team coming into the season. Um, but they're not meeting a lot of people's expectations. Um, what particularly is wrong with this team? Or do you feel that there's anything wrong with this team at all? Or just like the chemistry? Or, you know, just need to get the chemistry together or what? Like, how do you guys feel about this Detroit team? You know, I, I for one, had pretty high expectations for them. I, I, I picked them to make the playoffs again, be a lower seed. Uh, but, but I still expected them to be better than they are right now, currently at 21 and 25 on the season. Uh, in my opinion, losing to teams they should beat. Uh, lost to the Kings the other night. Uh, you know, and then they beat a team like Washington, who's a solid team in the East. So, I mean, they have it. They don't have it. It kind of depends on the night. Uh, if I if I had to pick an area where I think they're they're falling short, and I, I think it's in in the the swagger this team has. I feel like they don't really have any. Uh, you know, they got Reggie Jackson, uh, Marcus Morris, guys that you know can be emotional leaders on the floor. Uh, just I don't see it right now with the, with this team. Uh, Drummond, uh, not putting up crazy numbers, but still putting up really good numbers. Uh, Granted, there's nobody on the team that's kind of carrying everything for them. It's pretty spread out for everybody. Uh, John Luer was a great acquisition for them in the offseason. He's uh, proven to play pretty well some nights he starts. Uh, but really, I think they just don't have the confidence and the swagger that they need. Last year, they started to really cling on to the old bad boys mentality. Uh, you know, they kind of started bringing back the logo uh, started wearing it and I just don't see that out of this team this year. And I feel like if they were to somehow find that and kind of resonate with it, I think they'd start to turn things around a little bit, but uh, someone needs to really get this team going. And I don't, I don't really care who it is. I just want to see it happen. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's just been a lot of trouble from the, the tops of the, of the team, I should say, as far as, uh, coaching and, uh, and their best players. Um, Drummond, like I said, he's, he's putting up decent numbers, but, uh, he seems to has, have taken a step back defensively, like you mentioned that Kings game. How many times, like, was he gonna get burned at the top of the key by less athletic big men? Mm. Yeah. Uh, like, and just mental mistakes on the floor. Uh, like, I don't know if he's just still trying to make his way into uh, a groove or whatever, but I just don't feel like Reggie is what he should be at this point in time. And, and it feels like it feels like Stan Van Gundy just he, he's at a loss too at what to do. He's tried. Mm-hmm. He's tried belittling them in the media. He's tried being supportive. He's tried this and that. Uh, they've had player-only meetings and all this kind of crap, and it's still just it's not clicking. So I'm just starting to wonder, just, do they have a bad mix right now? Is there a couple moves they need to make to bolster certain areas? But uh, I don't know if the, it, they're just... They're not playing smart, and they're kind of soft to me. Yeah. yeah. With a combination of that, if, if you can't have one or the other, you're going to lose more than you're going to win, and that's where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, there was recently uh, news coming out that uh, I believe it was Rezzy Jackson. Uh, he could have been traded for Ricky Rubio, um, mm-hmm. but that got uh, turned down. Um, do you guys – think there's anybody that they should trade uh for somebody or you know just like just make some new acquisitions or what like how do you what do you think they should do i mean i've i've seen you know well we could start with that jackson for rubio rumor uh you know i read that from multiple sources that 
they're in the talks for it. And then a day later, SVG comes out and says, yeah, that's not happening. And then about an hour after I saw that, somebody who covers the lot or not the lines, the Pistons says, uh, you know, they're not going to trade for Rubio, but you better believe that they're in talks with all 32 teams. So that, in my opinion, that's just the nature of the business. You always look to see who's available for what. That's a constant conversation in front offices. Uh, you know, I've even seen SVG say, you know, hey, we're not opposed to moving anybody. So anybody could go at this point, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but in terms of do they need to make a move, I don't think they need to make a move. I really like the starting five uh, last year once they got Tobias Harris. I thought that was going to put him over the top, and I thought that was really going to be the move. Um, you know, I, I still think it could be. It brought a ton of youth to the team, you know, getting him and Morris and Jackson. They they gained a ton of youth really overnight. And I, I really thought that this was going to be the Pistons lineup that could do it. Uh, I don't know if it's just going to turn into a whole conversation of, well, you know, maybe next year, maybe next year. But I, I do think that this is a five that could could contend in the East. You're saying, Dom? Okay. What was that? I said you're saying down the line they could, right? Well, I, I'm, you know, granted right now I don't think many people are competing with Cleveland in the East. Uh, I do think this is, you know, a Pistons team that could, with the roster they have right now, I'm not saying how they're playing right now, but this roster has the potential to be a top five seed. But 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 they're not playing like it. Yeah. They have talented players. They have all-star caliber players that should be playing better. I don't know if it's just they don't play well together or there's something internally going on, but... Yeah, I mean, they, they have the uh, upper part of the bottom half of the playoff seedings, but, I mean, you know, that's the, 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 uh, oh. yeah, I mean, talent-wise, they, they should be able to be at the upper part of the second half of the playoff rankings in the East based on their talent, but there's other things going on here where, I mean, they have to get to number eight right now, and so mm-hmm. there, there are ways from being able to even talk about competing in the East. They have to show that they can put together a reasonable season so they can get to the second season uh, being in the playoffs. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's, like I said, if it's just some bad fits going on or is there something else internally going on or, or what. But a team with the Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird because I think we would all agree that the Pistons are not playing good basketball. They're playing very mediocre basketball. Uh, but the thing that's really mind-boggling to me is they're only four and a half games out of that fifth spot in the East. Uh, and and I've, I've said this before. If the Pistons could rattle a seven or an eight-game win streak and watch somebody else lose three of five, four of six, they're right there in that six, five, six, seven range. Uh, it, it's not crazy to say this team is still going to make the playoffs. Uh, a, a lot's going to happen between now and the end of the year, whether they make a move or not. Um, other teams could make a move, uh, send somebody out that could elevate the Pistons or bring somebody in that could put them down a little bit. Uh, but the way the way I see it, they're four and a half out of fifth place. Uh, they're. It's not crazy to say it's over. It's not crazy to say that the season's a lost cause either. So I still have hope for this team to get in. Uh, they're only two games out of the eighth spot. Uh, it it's not it's not over yet, and I, I guess that's the point of what I'm trying to say here. Okay. 
nothing wrong with that. Um, now, what has stuck out to you guys the most this NBA season uh, so far? Uh, it's how bad some of the 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 super teams that were attempted to be built in the East have turned out to be. Uh, meaning like Chicago and New York. I didn't yeah. have the highest of expectations for either of them, but like the Knicks are a dumpster fire and you know, uh, Chicago is struggling. And then on the other hand, pleasant surprise that uh recent uh recent surprise that Philly actually looks decent. Yeah. Yeah what did I see a while ago they won like four or five? <laughs> like I don't even think they won five games <laughs> so to win four out of five like that's that's incredible but yeah um, for me I would say one thing that's surprising me and once again it's it's your as of late surprise how frustrated the Cavs are right now um, you know I understand that LeBron feels like they still need to make another move and you know, he said they need a point guard, and he's just showing a lot of frustration. He's starting to wear his emotions on his sleeve, make him very visible for everybody. Um, but whether this team is the one seed in the East, the three seed, or the seven seed, I will still pick them to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Um, I understand they want to go out. They want to keep pace with Golden State all year. Uh, and I think it's obvious that that's where LeBron's eyes are. They're on Golden State. Um, so, you know, now you're starting to hear all the, uh, rumors about Carmelo Anthony and how can they get him to Cleveland and the whole Carmelo for Kevin Love trade got shut down and whatever. But I think I'm just really frustrated or really surprised with how frustrated LeBron is and how vocal he is about it right now. Um, and then secondly, for me, uh, I would, I would say I'm, I'm pretty surprised with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I've loved watching him play this year. He's gotten the Bucks TV time single-handedly. Um, I, I think he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a bright young talent. We'll be watching him for many years. It'll be interesting to see what happens with his career. But he he kind of late last year started to turn some heads, and now he's opening a lot of eyes. And he's having a really great season. Uh, he's he's been a a new young face for me to look at. Uh, fun to watch very explosive exciting he's kind of a highlight reel on his own um and i i just love being able to see a team that doesn't have a big market get a really nice player like that to keep things exciting yeah hey uh you mentioned the whole cleveland situation do you feel like some of this might be lebron planting seeds that he if they don't get back to backs he might be out um, no, not necessarily. I think he wants more control than he realizes he has. Um, now granted, it seemed like he had a ton of control when he came back and, well, let's get Kevin Love and then, you know, make moves for whoever he wants to make moves for. But I think he, he sees that Golden State gets Kevin Durant. Now they have, which seems to be four superstars. They only have three. And I think his eyes are just constantly on Golden State. You know, he'll say he doesn't really care what's going on out there, but he really does. Um, they may not be able to get a fourth superstar in there uh, without moving one of the three they currently have, and it's not going to be LeBron or Kyrie Irving. Uh, so I think it's more just him wanting a lot of control and it just not being possible. Yeah, about that, um, you know, right after LeBron, um, you know, was talking about the frustration with the team's roster, uh, Dwayne Wade and came out and he was talking about uh, his situation with the Bulls, about him possibly not uh, staying there, just depending on how the uh, season unfolds for them. Because uh, you all possibly see another LeBron Wade reunion. Somehow down the road, I yeah. I see it. I see it being possible. Okay, it would be tough to do. Uh, like there, there's a possibility. Like if 
if he was able to work out maybe a buyout or something with the Bulls, at least this season, to where he wouldn't mind taking a because the Cavaliers have no cap space. Mm-hmm. They're they're in the luxury tax right now, and I think they have a they have a five million dollar trade exception that they can use. So that would be pretty much all they could offer Wade, who's getting max money from Chicago right now. So it would come down to him uh, taking uh, a buyout from Chicago where he would be fine with the money he's walking away with to take a short change deal with Chicago or with Cleveland. And, or it, it would have to happen next year where he decides not to take his player option that he has on his deal and once again be fine taking a lot less money to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I I can't remember if I said it on here or to somebody else, but I, I know I said it. You know, why why do these superstars late in their career take such small deals so they can go and move if they want to in the long run? And and I, I even said it, don't be surprised if Dwayne Wade takes a trade and ends up in Cleveland to match the Kevin Durant to Golden State move. It, it it just it was a picture that seemed all too all too familiar. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Don't color me shocked. Uh, it's it's just gonna be what what can LeBron convince the Cavalier organization to do in order to keep pace with Golden State? Because yes, uh, Cleveland beat them last year, but they also didn't have Kevin Durant, so. I, I Golden State has to be the front runner now, and he just wants to keep pace, and I can't blame him for that. Yeah, yeah. To kind of uh, talk about some that stuck out to me the most this NBA season, um, as y'all know, you know, I'm a huge Rajon Rondo fan, and um, when I had high expectations for him when he was in Chicago, going uh, him going there, but it was just I don't know what's going on with him this year, man. Uh, you know, he's getting the DNPs. Uh, Michael Carter Williams is out playing him, so you know. I know that you know he does have issues, uh, you know, with teams before, you know, previously and whatnot. But uh, I like to see my man on the court doing his thing. But yeah, that's that's just a huge shocker for me and a disappointment uh, that he's not good uh, playing uh, like I want him and expect him to be playing right now. So. But all right, guys. Yeah. Uh, what was that, Darno? I was gonna say, yeah, your boy, he just—he doesn't have the talent to back up the issue that he causes on teams now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So, just have to see, man. Uh, you know, I like if you know they're not gonna use him like that. I like to see him, you know, end up somewhere else. But uh, hopefully, to rejuvenate his career right now because it's it's not looking good. Uh, but uh, just have to see, man. Be patient. Um, now, are there any players that you guys are expecting to see get moved this year? It's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, like we just talked about, you know, people are planting seeds already, and we've we've seen talk of possible moves. Like we talked with the Pistons, there was a rumor of uh, for Reggie Jackson, for Rubio, Wade, been talking about the struggles of Chicago where – He's not sure how long he'll be for the team and just what today or yesterday we heard about Mello got offered up for Kevin Love. So I mean, it seems like pretty much anybody is up for grabs right now. Uh, I do expect probably Philly will make a move for one of their, to get one of their big men out or try to do something with one of their draft picks because uh, the Lakers pick that they own right now looks like it might turn out to be a protected pick, so they might start thinking about seeing if they could get rid of it before it becomes worthless to pull in a, a player of, of use for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with your uh, assessment of the Sixers. Uh, I feel like the big man they will not be willing to move is going to be Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's proven himself 
viable keeping. So I expect them to move either uh, Okafor or Noel. And I would only expect it to be Nerland's Noel only because he's uh, the one of the two, him and Okafor, that's playing right now. And is actually looking quite serviceable when he gets the minutes. So, uh, you know, I, I would expect it to be Nerland's Noel if one moves. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then I wouldn't also be surprised if we see a mellow move. I know there's talks of him, like we just said, the, the love trade got shut down. So it's the idea that his name's now being brought up. Uh, if he does get moved, I wouldn't be too awful surprised. Uh, I mean, let, let's face it, the Knicks have a have a young player named Christoph Porzingis that they're going to start building around. So um, why not sooner than later on that and getting rid of Mello will then give them a ton of space. and in the cap and they can make some more moves if if they want. And then um, a few weeks ago before he got hurt, I said, I wouldn't be too awful surprised if Chris Paul ended up getting a move with him being a free agent next year, um, just kind of get something for him. Um, you know, I, I use it, this term when it comes to baseball, use it or lose it. Um, you know, the idea that if he ends up signing somewhere else and you lost him for nothing. Uh, so I, I could see something happening there with Chris Paul. He's going to be coming off an injury, but uh, you know, there, there'll still be a team that would love to have him. I don't know where it would be. Uh, what yeah, he would I was go. About to ask, but, like, is there like any place in particular uh, you could see him going? Yeah. I, I have clear, honestly, I have no idea. I need to look into that a little more, but, uh, you know, just like I said, you look at players who are coming up on contract years, uh, who's not in the playoff race, who is, who looks like a serious contender, and that's how I tend to base who I think could be moved. I I think the Clippers, if the Clippers seriously think they still have a shot, they probably won't move him. But if the team offers the right package, they'll. I think they'd be willing to move Chris Paul. What do you think about that, Darnell? Chris Paul getting out of I mean, it's definitely a possibility just because as the seasons go, the Clippers, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> they, I mean, that's together. tough, man, because, you know, like they lose uh, Blake. You know, he has to get his knee checked out and everything. And then, like, as soon as time passes for that, you know, CP3 uh, gets uh, his little thumb issue. So that's. That hurts a lot, but uh, DeAndre Jordan, he's been stepping up since that happened. Yeah, except for them airball free throws. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, it, it's just they're a good team, but they've become an afterthought in the West. Um, everybody, like when you're talking about somebody that has a shot at beating Golden State, it's always, okay, San Antonio has a shot. People are saying maybe Houston this year because of how strong offensively they are, but somehow the Clippers still always drop into as nah, Clippers, uh, even yeah. though they're not the the laughing stock of the NBA anymore. They're still not considered a championship contender, and mm-hmm. I I think that window is probably closed on them. Uh, Chris Paul, who, who was quietly having a good season before he, he got hurt, but he he's not getting younger. Uh, mm-hmm. So do they really want to try to get into a bidding war to pay for another long-term deal where by the end of it he may not be anywhere near to Chris Paul that you want to have? So it probably would be good for them to be sellers this year to see if they can start getting some building blocks to be back up at the top of the West in two, three years. Right. Um, okay, guys, any other guys uh, you would expect to get moved or that's about it for you guys or what? I mean, um, nope. there, yeah, I mean, there'll, there'll probably be a lot of smaller trades that happen for 
in essence, irrelevant guys in the NBA, some role players, but I don't, in terms of big players, I, I don't think we'll see too many of them get moved. Okay. Uh, now, up next, we're about to just get right into the rookies. Um, which rookies have impressed you guys this season so far? We covered one last week, Joel Embiid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the name right now. Just he's he's been in the NBA for a few years, but you know, first mm-hmm. season actually on the court, he's he's been worth the wait. Uh, Philadelphia, especially, uh, they mm. they have their their franchise player that they trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess all that tanking it looks like it may finally be paying off. Uh, and you know they now they have pieces where, like I said, they should probably be sellers uh, as well right now to you know actually start trying to build a good team now, not just be a place with all of these young draft picks. So uh, yeah, Joel Embiid has definitely been the biggest bright spot of. of the rookie class. Yeah. No, he's he's an old rookie right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I would also say someone that nobody's really talking about is um Malcolm Brogdon. He's just starting to get in a lot of conversations. Uh starting to get good minutes, has started for a little bit for the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have started to really form a nice young core of players. Uh you know, Jabari Parker and uh, the Greek freak now Brogdon. Brogdon will turn himself into a nice pro, so uh, I think Brogdon's been another really nice NBA player, solid player, more more of a quiet player, but gets the job done for sure. Yeah, another guy too. Um, I like him. I think he's shown some flashes. Is uh, Chris Dunn for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back when Rubio uh, had his little injury, um, injuries this year. Uh, He's come off the bench, and uh, he's done some great things for the team. Um, so I expect him to de- develop more as a player and improve. But uh, just with some of the flashes that I've seen this guy do, um, you know, he can have a pretty good, promising NBA career for sure. So, All right, guys. Uh, now everybody's basically calling it's going to be the Cavs and Golden State um, again uh, meeting in the finals. Uh, but we'll talk about the Cavs first. Um, which teams do you feel can actually could possibly uh, dethrone them from being the Eastern Conference uh, champions um, this year? Who can challenge them the most? I don't really think there's a team in the East that really can challenge them. Uh Probably talent-wise, teams that can give them the best run, uh, I think it's probably Milwaukee. Uh, just because they're, they're young, they will be able to just, they'll have the energy to, to go with them, but I don't, I don't see anybody touching Cleveland in the East, and the East is just not a, not looking like a strong, uh, division of the NBA right now. I I would definitely agree that I don't think anyone's going to seriously compete with them in a seven-game series. Uh, But I I, I guess I would just go Toronto only because, you know, any given night you could get 70 points combined out of Lowry and uh, DeRozan. So I would go with them just because they've been there before. They fought with them last year. There will be a sense of revenge there, but. I think Cleveland would still be able to uh, pull that out in, in about six games, max. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would probably go with Toronto just because the experience factor. Yeah. Now, what about... So kinda, I, I, I guess the opposite of you, Darnell. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, what about the Celtics? Um, they're third right now. Uh, you know, Zeke 2.0. He's been doing this thing uh, for uh, some people who've had him uh, for possible... Uh, MVP discussion uh, with how he's been playing this year. Is there any way you guys feel he can uh, do anything against the Cavs? They're a good team. I just don't think they're a good matchup for Cleveland. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think they have anybody that could 
stifle the strengths of Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, I also I also don't think they have the depth to play with Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I think LeBron could draw some, if not two guys, into foul trouble rather quick. And if if you can get Boston to get into their bench, then you have them right where they want. So uh, I I just think Boston doesn't have the the depth. Or the stamina to play with them, especially with the with the bigger guys. All right. Now we'll go over to Golden State in the West. Uh, what teams uh, do you feel could possibly challenge them? San Antonio is the only hope. San Antonio. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. That the only problem I have with San Antonio is they're old. Yeah. Or, well. LaMarcus Aldridge isn't very old. Uh, he's been in the league two years, a little longer than I expected when I when I looked it up. But, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's basically it. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I don't see them being able to run up and down the floor with Golden State. And Golden State's done a very good job this year of playing transition and having very good ball movement in the half-court sets, I just don't know that it it would have to turn into to a defensive stalemate for the Spurs to really hang with them. And I don't know that they'd be able to do that. Okay. Now, what about the Houston Rockets? They sit third. Uh, their offense, you know, Mike D'Antoni, uh, he's a genius when it comes to their offense. Uh, their offense mm-hmm. could score points uh, to compete with Golden State. Uh, how do you feel about that team? They would have I, a nice I, I, run. Oh, sorry. They would they would have to have a pretty much flawless run offensively, uh, because you know D'Antoni's offenses they 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 are offense, but his teams don't really play much defense. So, yeah. uh, Golden State they do at least have a solid defensive foundation for themselves and. If if they can if they can shut down the scoring of Houston in any way, they probably run away with the games on their own end just because it's going to be layup lines for them. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that assessment. Uh, but I do think they would have the best offense to keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to shoot threes. Uh, they love to run the floor. Uh, I think James Harden is one of the best transition players in the NBA. Uh, but just like Jarnell said, the defense isn't there. Uh, they they do have decent room protection in, you know, Mantras Harrell and Clint Capella. But I, I just don't, you know, it just, once again, it comes down to seven-game series. Uh, I could see them winning one, <laughs> to be quite brutally honest. But uh, that's... Also a very iffy one. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, anything else left to add about uh, the Cavs or Golden State? No. Okay. Uh, up next, we're about to get into the MVP discussion. Uh, arguably, you know, there's only two people that a lot of people are saying that deserve, and that's Westbrook and Harden. Um who do you guys so far in this uh, season? Who do you guys would give it to? Right now, I give the slight edge to Westbrook, just as he more so is just throwing the team on his back right now and has him in a playoff hunt. Uh, Harden does have some better pieces around him, I think, right now, and that off. Mike D'Antoni's offense, if if he has the right player for it, especially as far as ball handlers go, your numbers just explode. Not saying that Harden's not a good player. He is. He's a very good offensive player. But I think just so far I'll have to go Westbrook. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the triple doubles are a big deciding factor for me. I I think those triple doubles aren't enough of an argument for me as well. Uh, 
you know, we all said it. He could screw around and average a triple double this year. And we're looking Last at halfway. Last week, messed around and got a triple double. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, we're basically halfway through the season, and he's averaging that triple double. Uh, so I I think he'll be able to keep it up. Uh, I I believe if he ends the season averaging a triple double, it's his. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with you guys on that, man. Uh, this Westbrook, uh, I do like Harden. You know, I just think that he has a better uh, just team around him. And, you know, just I'm just shocked how Westbrook, because I didn't even have them making the playoffs, uh, to be honest. But how every game, uh, this guy just competing with uh, every team and possibly has a chance for them to win the game is just remarkable. So I would give it to uh, Westbrook as well so far. Uh now, are there any sleepers in this conversation? Uh, you know, these both of these guys are just having an outstanding season. Uh, but do you guys think there's anybody else that's having a great season that should be in the conversation with these two? I wouldn't call a sleeper, but I would put Durant a distant third. Okay. Uh, he's... You thought, like, he might take a step back, but he's the one that's been that offensive leader for Golden State, and he stepped up his game defensively, too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he, he would get that third-place vote for me uh, just for still being as amazing as he's been playing on a team with that much talent. Mm-hmm. And, and to that point on Durant, the efficiency numbers are way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's doing more with less, basically. Um. So I, I definitely agree there with a with a Durant pick. Once again, not really a sleeper, but someone who may actually be a sleeper would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I, I kind of the same thing as Durant. Like I don't really know that he is a sleeper because the nation now knows about him. Yeah. But I mean, averaging twenty three five five and eight uh, five assists eight rebounds. Um, I mean th- those are really good numbers. Um, granted, and right. Behind that, uh, pretty close to getting that eighth spot too. So they still got a chance to get in the playoffs. Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I mean, at this point, you're looking at a guy once again has pieces around him, so it's not just him having to do it all like like a Westbrook. But um, I mean, Anakumbo would be right in that conversation if it weren't for Harden and Westbrook just being absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Now, what about because you know some people say people have. Uh, Problems with his name and stuff too. Uh, you think his name <laughs> is playing a? Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, if people could spell his last name, he'd have a million votes for the All Star game. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's much of a factor. I mean, when you're voting for for the All Star game, you can click, you know, a box next to his name, really, on the internet. So, I don't think that's much of an excuse. But uh, it, it is definitely one of the more interesting names in the NBA. I think most people at least know the nickname by now. So yeah, if you say Greek freak to anybody that knows something about the NBA, they know who you're talking about, even if they can't say Anna DeCoupo. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else uh, that you would like to add uh, to the NBA before we move on to the NFL? No. no. Get into it later, man. But I think it's a shame that uh, Westbrook didn't get the uh, starting nod in the uh, All Star game. But yeah, we'll save that for a different show. I was pretty disappointed in that. But uh, go to the NFL now. Um, some people were shocked in this game that we were talking about uh, that we're about to talk about, and that's uh, Green Bay versus Atlanta. Um, what did you guys think about this game? Atlanta put that beat down on them. That's <laughs> all you can say. They, they, they scored early and, and kept scoring. And you know, they 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 made uh they made Green Bay's D look like the one of them cheese head hats that the crowd wears. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan was finding holes in that defense everywhere to hit people. So but yet another blowout in the playoffs. Yeah. Sure yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You know, I think we got what we expected. 
especially out of Matt Ryan. Um, you know, the Packers depleted defense. Secondary was almost non-existent with injuries, and he picked them apart. Um, so to that extent, we saw it coming. We talked about that. Uh, that was something we were looking for, something we expected. What we didn't expect was for Aaron Rodgers to be under constant pressure, for Aaron Rodgers to take, what was it, almost four drives to score. Mm -hmm. Uh, That Atlanta defense stepped up big, and a part of me just wonders how much is that attributed to being at home. Uh, A defense always tends to play better at home. An offense always tends to play better at home. Now, Granted, that offense played well no matter where they were all year. The defense had better numbers at home. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Super Bowl there. But, uh, you know, I think the better team won. The team with fewer injuries won. Uh, I was very impressed with Jordy Nelson. Uh, he toughed it out. You saw him grimacing often in the game. Uh, made some really nice catches. Made a couple of catches where I even wondered, how do you do that with hurt ribs? Uh, but, you know, he, he proved he's tough. He proved he can play through injury. Because um, in reality, he didn't have to play in that game. Uh, yeah. And nobody nobody would have blamed him. So uh, Packers just kind of ran out of table to run. <laughs> they got to the edge and fell <laughs> off. Uh, but, you know, they had a great end of the year and made it fun for their fans. But uh, just ran into the juggernaut known as Falcon. All right. Uh, now, how do you guys feel about the New England uh, Pittsburgh game? Disappointing game. <laughs> yeah. You just been uh, disappointed the whole playoffs. <laughs> I don't think we can blame them here. <laughs> hey, in in, yeah. in my in my opinion, uh, you know, I said it last week. Ben Roethlisberger is a different quarterback on the road, uh, especially this year. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell didn't have a huge game. Uh, you know, Tom Brady was Tom Brady efficient, uh, making smart passes. Edelman turning six-yard catches into 25-yard gains. Uh, Chris Hogan is the newest recipient of we've never heard of you. Well, if you know football, you have but a lot of people probably had never heard of him before, and now he's an all-star player uh, should have been a pro bowler from the look of it. Uh, but I mean, it just came down in my opinion to Belichick being a great coach and that defense being probably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, they did everything they needed to do for a couple turnovers, uh, you know, they didn't allow the Steelers to really do much all game. Antonio Brown was quiet. Uh, you know, the only player I really saw get big-time plays on him was Jesse James, tight end. Uh, nobody else really did a whole lot. So, you know, to me, it's the Patriots being the Patriots, um, always being able to do it when the playoffs come around. They love to get that home field advantage, take advantage of it, and the Steelers just kind of really fizzled out. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess we should have saw it coming after winning a game with all field goals, but you know, we all thought just a prudent team like that would bounce back and show some kind of offense, but reality, Belichick did it again and built. A game plan where they made the Steelers look like a high school team, basically. Uh, outside of a couple early series where they were getting to Brady a little bit, but then he, he found rhythm and just was finding receivers all over the place, uh, especially like up the middle of the field on them. So, you know, hats off to them. They're going to another Super Bowl and uh, probably those Patriot fans are looking to stick it to Roger Goodell, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's here's a question I have for you guys. If the Patriots were to win this Super Bowl, 
would it be the most impressive one yet for Tom Brady? I mean, he's doing it without Rob Gronkowski. Uh, no serious, I mean, you could argue Julian Edelman, but no serious big-time wide receiver. They just have guys who are basically slot receivers running all around the place. Um, granted, the defense is good, but offensively, would this be the most impressive for Tom Brady? Because he's doing it without his top target. Yeah, I could say so. Yeah, especially with his efficiency numbers. Was he throwing like two picks all year or something like that? Yeah, uh, maybe three. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, so I mean, it, it's definitely been an impressive year for him. Um, it's, but I mean, it's, I can't, I can't give everything to him. Just this, their their system is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. They they mold in to be what they need to be to win whatever game they play. Yeah. Uh, just sometimes they they're outgunned and that there are a couple losses. That's what happened. But mm-hmm. just how they always have a game plan set where they're in a game or they're making another team look stupid somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Uh, you, you can't. <laughs> Can't say anything bad on anybody on that squad as far as on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta ask a question for you guys. Um, you know, you're talking about Brady. Uh, do you think that suspension uh, may have helped him more than it hurt him? Uh, just with uh, him just starting off uh, being more fresh and everything, or what? Probably so. I mean. He's not a young quarterback uh, anymore, uh, so yeah. probably was nice being able to step in with an extra four weeks of rest, especially since they were able to get a three and one record. He got to come in, relax, no, no real pressure. It was just come do what you do, and you know, uh, it was expected they were going to win their division anyway, since it's not considered a a strength in the AFC. Uh, so it was kind of a perfect storm for him. He got to stay healthy, not take hits for four weeks, uh, and come in with a with a three and one cushion already on top of the division and have fun and play football. And and you know he probably had a chip on his shoulder too. So yeah, yeah, definitely would agree. Um, but I think if he were to be playing since week one, I would maybe have even picked them to have one less loss in the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, in my opinion, that's really the only difference was that law, that first loss to the Bills may not have happened. So uh, I don't know that it would have mattered, but you could argue he missed four games there. He's making them up now in the playoffs, but it's still three less games than the other guys have played. So. He's just three games fresher. Yeah. Now, with him missing those four games, uh, do you think if he would have played those four uh, extra games, you think he would have been the uh, clear MVP or what? At, at the production rate he's had, probably so. Okay. Uh, I, I still think you could make a strong case for Matt Ryan. Uh, good year, great efficiency, too. Um, he's right there with Brady on a lot of things. You know, he, I think he led the uh, NFL in passing yards uh, and touchdowns, I believe. I could be wrong on that one. But, um, you know, just I, I think it would just be a tougher discussion. Um, but at that point, I think you'd be able to give it to either one and nobody would be mad. I think some people would be upset if Brady won it now because he didn't play the full season. But I think you have a case for him. It's just the case is stronger for Matt Ryan right now. Yeah. Now, uh, one last question for the NFL do I, I have for you guys. Um, ben Roethlisberger, uh, he was quoted on the radio as saying, I'm going to take this offseason to evaluate, to consider all options, to consider health and family and things like that. It just take, it, it just kind of takes some time away to evaluate next season, if there's going to be a next season. Uh, do you guys feel as if this could be possibly his last season? That's one where I wouldn't believe it until it actually happens. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it was <clears throat> that loss was a little bit demoralizing for him, and uh, that along with the game before Rouseberger didn't have his his best postseason, uh, I guess. So I don't know if it's just he's a little bit down, and it sounds like there's rumblings that the Steelers as a whole might be a little bit tired of Antonio Brown. So I don't know if any of that stuff has to do with it. Maybe he's just making some statements so he can stay out of the news if something does happen with that. If he gets moved along, that maybe he can say, hey, I'm I'm back at home thinking about it. Am I going to play at all? So I got nothing to do with if he gets traded or something like that. I don't know. I, don't, I won't believe him until I actually hear him say he's retiring. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Um, I think it was frustration talking. Uh, you lose a big game. Uh, you tend to say some things that don't really mean anything. Uh, I mean, look at Earl Thomas. You know, hurts his leg leaves the game, he's like, God, this might be the last game I ever play. And then he comes back like three weeks later and says, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, you, you just get frustrated and you say things you don't really mean and um, you know, it doesn't mean it's right to say them, but it's just what tends to happen. So I think he was just frustrated once things settle down a little bit, he rests up, gets healthy, um, throws a football for the first time in a little bit. I, I, I expect to see him back next year. All right, guys, now do you guys feel as if you have anything else to add for the show, uh, whether NFL or NBA or anything else? No, I just hope Super Bowl is good. Yeah, Pro Bowl weekend can just be a blur. Uh, Yeah, but uh, yeah, just hopefully, yeah, for the Super Bowl, man, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we're going to have a discussion next week kind of talking about sports and uh, kind of like the NFL and stuff uh, so we can get into it. But, uh, yeah, other than that, if you guys don't got anything else to add, uh, you know, again, I appreciate you guys for checking us out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, you can also find our podcast on many websites, um, that includes iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, just a whole bunch of places. Uh, so appreciate you guys for checking us out. Y'all take care and have a good one. Peace.